about hybrids? Do they exist? Do not be deceived. There are tares sown among the wheat. There is no deception so well hidden in plain sight than the agenda of the troglodyte. They aim to erase human dominion of the earth and claim it for their own. up everybody welcome back to another dad cast this is the last parenting episode for a little while mm-hmm. i'm your host timon last week we didn't open do it anything. pop it ready go but timon is still in his uh sober january yeah, been sober so this while. is a uh this is ginger ale good so. stuff the good stuff yep yep i i yep. drink a lacroix i am drinking a lacroix yes so uh yeah yeah sobriety's nice guys this is week eight of the aiming for biblical families afbf so what i've been calling it so much pushback on the secretive week seven yeah it's just yeah we gave a little too much information out i think and it offended a lot of people so sucks to be you if you're offended We're gonna keep moving. <laughs> keep going forward. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was probably a little too. This is week eight. I'll yeah, I'll, I'll change eight. the subject. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you're wondering, I have not slept since the last week <laughs> at all. It's just I'm still running on fumes. So if I get a little loopy, I'm I'm sorry. But it's yep. all good, dude. This is uh this is character building. I mean, uh-huh. A, lot, a lot of character. Need I, a lot of character. I just had a lot of headaches when you guys kept me up. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's not because we were rebellious. No, it just kids teeth and yeah. all that kind of stuff happens. When speaking of rebellion, that's what we're talking about this week. A little bit yeah. about a, yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. Talk about our identity. Well, family identity at the end. Yeah. Teenage. Re- what is teenage rebellion? And. Yeah, it, so parenting during the teens and 20s is much different than at the beginning. Yeah. So hopefully you get more about. sleep, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you do it right. If you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been good. Um, thanks to everyone who came out to the physical place and, and participated. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been fun to do this. I've been thinking about doing a long supercut of all eight or uh, seven episodes. That is just one long, huge, long cut. Oh, really? Yeah, two hour, three hour, so you can just listen to it all in one. Oh, you mean yeah. just put it all together? Yeah. Maybe put that on YouTube. It'd be kind of crazy, right? Hmm. Okay. Uh, just a thought. You're going to have a lot of artwork or something? while because <laughs> No, it's just a black screen. Just a black screen. I've seen those on YouTube. I'm yeah. like, I ain't watching that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah. But. Yeah, um, yeah. Anything you want to talk about week eight and in the end of this, the series? I don't know. Let's just let's throw up the recording and okay. Maybe I'll think of something. <laughs> All right, here's yeah. week eight, teens and twenties. Okay, here we go for the last week. All right, teens and twenties. When our children were young. And I think I've said this different times, you guys, so you've heard me say this. When our children were young, I remember hearing something over and over. 
Enjoy them while they're young because you're going to regret the teen years. I mostly heard this from church people. And even though I had not yet experienced the teen years, I decided that that view was unacceptable. Consequently, I have enjoyed every stage that my children have gone through. And now they're old enough to be my friends. I challenge you to do the same with your children. I know that in our present culture, teens and older children are rebelling against their parents at an alarming rate. This is a real problem. And our culture seems to encourage them to buck against every kind of authority. The culture of my grandparents and great-grandparents encouraged biblical values even though many were not authentic Christians. This is no longer the case. We live in a post-Christian society, but no matter what the culture says, our standard is the same. We are to raise up biblical and morally responsible families. Teenage Rebellion. Since the 1970s, parents have become more and more child-centered. A consequence of this is that parents have redefined teenage rebellion as a phase. It is not a phase. It is rebellion, no matter what age you are. You can't show me a verse that defends teenage rebellion as a phase. This also negates the argument that teenage rebellion is due to hormonal change. It's true that hormones are changing for a teenager, but teenage rebellion is actually exposing problems that occurred in the younger years and haven't been properly addressed yet. Now it's going to be harder. If your child learned healthy boundaries when he was younger and was characterized by obedience, he can handle less boundaries as he gets older. You don't have to hover over him or constantly prod him to do what is right. And he will enjoy the fact that you trust him and do what is right. Children should enjoy more and more freedom as they age because they are characterized by being trustworthy. If your teen is continually rebelling, you will have to come up with ways to enforce boundaries. Remember, spanking is unacceptable at this point. But you also want them to know that if they begin to handle these boundaries in a mature manner, they will gain more freedom. Their attitude is actually the key to their own freedom. Help them to see that they actually have the power to change their situation. Let them know this. Let them know that you want to see them excel in gaining more freedom, that you are actually for them, not against them. Keep in mind what I said a couple of weeks ago. Younger children rebel against authority, but teens are often rebelling against a broken relationship. So find out with your teen where that brokenness has occurred. Work it out together. This will resolve relational conflict. Now that we are talking about teens, I want to give you another tool. And um, I noticed Hadessa introduced this last week in the questions that are not on the uh, recording. So, so this is called the appeal process. These, uh, there are different places in the Bible where you see the appeal process being used. Daniel chapter 1 is one of those places. Daniel and his friends, who are war refugees as young teenagers... Uh, Daniel and his friends knew that they should not compromise their faith by eating food dedicated to idols. But they were commanded by their Babylonian authorities to eat food from the king's table. And that would have been, their food would have been desecrated by 
being um, set, strangled before idols and all that stuff. So Daniel, they, did, they couldn't participate. So Daniel appealed to his immediate advisor to test them for 10 days. They would only eat vegetables so as not to violate their dietary laws. The result was that Daniel and his friends excelled in their health. After this test, their supervisor allowed them to eat vegetables and not break their dietary laws. Daniel honored God, and he also honored the, his, his authorities by appealing to them for permission to eat according to his conscience. So let me give you a practical example. Your son is in the middle of playing video game with his friends online. You come in and tell him that supper is waiting on the table and to come immediately. If he disobeys, he is violating Ephesians 6.1, which says, children, obey your parents. If you force him to quit the game, you have frustrated him because you haven't given him time to finish a task that was important to him. Now you are violating Ephesians 6.4, which says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. In this case, your son can ask, may I appeal? And you would respond, yes. And he would say, I only have five minutes left on this game with my friends. Would you be okay if I finished it and then came to supper immediately? See, this gives you more information that you may not have been aware of. And if it seems like a reasonable request, you should agree to it. Notice how the appeal process bridge is a bridge between Ephesians 6.1 and 6.4. Note how the appeal process was activated, too. The teen initiated the conversation by providing new information to the parent, the parent needs to listen to the information and come up with an answer. And the answer may be yes, no, or maybe. If it's no or maybe, you need to give a good reason why. And, of course, in this case, it wouldn't be maybe because you, uh, in this situation I gave, it's either a yes or no. But um, sometimes a maybe answer would your, your teen appeals to something that you need to think about. So you would say, maybe, let me think about it. So that's a good, so yes, no, or maybe are your answers. This process prevents parents from becoming arbitrary or legalistic. It allows the teen to give information without being rebellious, and it helps teens to transition into self-government throughout the coaching phase of parenting. As I said earlier, our culture has become very child-centered. Interestingly, both permissive and authoritarian models produce teenagers who reject their parents. Permissive parents avoid conflict. This is why they bow to their children's demands. As a self-centered child reaches the late teens and early 20s, the tension is often too much for the parents. The parents typically detach or distance themselves from their relationship. And that's because, you know, they have an attitude. It's just, just do whatever you want. I don't want to deal with you anymore. That's a lot of times what happens. Um, and since the child has been trained to avoid resolution, they will probably act in a similar way. This is the model they grew up under. So you have parents and children avoiding each other. An authoritarian parent can force young children to bend to their will. But as the child gets older, it becomes harder for an authoritarian parent to force them to comply to every wish. The child begins to see the hypocrisy of the parent who demands every rule to be obeyed while the parent can break any of the rules they want. And teens hate hypocrisy and teens hate enslavement. They will reject the parent-child relationship and leave the home as soon as possible. 
They may even retaliate physically if they have to before they leave. It's never too late to try to correct your mistakes. If you have parented in either extreme, like an authoritarian or permissive, the first step is to realize it. Next, ask your children for forgiveness. Let them know you are working on your parenting skills and you will need their patience in this new adventure. I think you will be surprised at how willing most children are to forgive or to give you a second chance. Uh, if the relationship is so broken that they reject you, do what is right anyway. You may see healing years later. If not, you are still accountable for your actions, regardless of their response. And so here's the last thing I want to, last main idea I want to leave with you that kind of gets the heart of the whole course. And that is to build your family identity. So here's what I want you to do. Build a biblical family identity. Deuteronomy 11:19 tells us to speak about God's word continuously. Read the word to your children. Do a daily devotion with them. As they become teens, teach them how to read the word for themselves. Encourage them to be involved at church. And by the way, it doesn't have to be at your church. As my children got older, I let them go to different churches, as long as they were plugged in somewhere. Teach them to take ownership of their own faith. They have to know that they have made the choice to follow God. They don't follow him just because you are a Christian. Also tell them what your purpose in the kingdom is and how you came to know about it. Tell them how you see God moving in their life and what God seems to be calling them to for the future. Let them know that he will fill in the details as time goes on. Parents must provide a biblical family identity for their children. Sometimes the kids would say to me, such and such a family does it this way. And I would say, that's okay, but you are a nymphs and this is how we do things. This informs your children that the culture doesn't define them. God and you as the parent define the family. <clears throat> Obviously, you need to be grounded in scripture in order for the, that to, in order to form a biblical family identity. I would often uh, also tell the kids that if I had a chance to pick from all the children of the world, I would choose them. This is not to devalue other children, but my kids knew that they were important to me more important to me than anyone else. They knew that they were unique. They knew that they belonged to me and that our family had purpose in the kingdom of God. Again, you don't have to devalue other families to do this, but they do need to know that God has specific plans for the family that they have been placed into. If a family identity is weak, the child will find their identity in their peers. Do you trust your children's peer group to mold their future? In the past, about three or four generations ago, parents could lean on the culture to help provide a biblical structure for their children. Our society back then wasn't necessarily truly Christian, but it had tenets of Christianity woven into it. We no longer have that luxury. But look at it this way. The shallow veneer of a false American Christianity has been removed from our culture. So now, is the time for you to raise up an authentically biblical family.
Amen and amen. All right. So that was, uh, that was more of a speech than a... <laughs> but my whole gist of it is that teens and 20s are an awesome phase to enjoy. Yeah. So. Once they hit 30. Once they hit 30, that's Hadessa's right on that edge. You know, I don't know what we're going to do at 30. Probably disown me. <laughs> no, wouldn't do that. So okay. how would you say that different family cultures, like they all should be Christian. Our families should have Christ in the center of that culture. But everyone's like culture is going to look differently. So what exactly yeah. are you seeking God about like, God, how do I want my family culture to look like? What does it mean to have a family culture that isn't just Christian, but like a hmm. special version of that? Yeah, because there are different, yeah, I know what you mean. There are different cultures. I've been challenged by, uh, how, I don't know if I'm going to answer it. You always have good questions, Lazar. <laughs> questions I'm not ready for. Um, I have enjoyed being around other cultures because they, it starts to point out, oh, well, that's an American idea, not a biblical idea. I, I can't think of one right now, but I know that that's happened to me in the past. Um, okay, maybe this is, okay. Um, there are some cultures that are not as time-oriented as us uh, I come from a German Protestant background, you know, the German, the Protestant work ethic, you know, you show up on time, you work 16 hours a day or what, I don't work 16 hours, but that whole mentality. And then there are other cultures that they're not lazy, but showing up on time is not what they're about, but they're very relational. Um, so it would be easy for me like if they don't like if I say supper's at six o'clock and they show up at seven, well from their culture that's not an offense, but from my Protestant work ethic culture is like how dare you show up late because I've had things to do when you get out of the house. <laughs> so that you get what I'm saying that that's where I'm like well it's biblical to show up on time. Well, is it? it is the relationship more important? You know, so that, that's. I wasn't ready for your question, but I, I guess, um, I, 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 yeah. Sometimes I have to think deeper about what, what is biblical and what's American. <laughs> and are you saying uh, maybe more like, what are the main things that like I won't move on? Like this is important to us to remain, you know, our family's identity can be rooted in these things. Mm -hmm. Whereas other random things like, well, this person or this family might do something different and that's okay. Yeah. To, like, is that what you're saying? I think so. I'm trying to think of another situation. Uh, of just like having some, like, it'll be unique to you because like of what matters to you and what you feel like the Lord, like even yeah. the thing about not eating pork, right? You know, that you're feeling like that. Not pork. <laughs> not yeah. to you right now or whatever. And he's supporting his brother. Well, right. I, I appreciate that. So. Yeah. Mexican meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. Sunday school. Like, 
uh, one person might believe, well, uh, I need to go to church and my kids need to go to Sunday school because that's biblical. Is it? No, <laughs> it's not. It's not wrong to go to Sunday school, but it's not. I can't give you a Bible verse on it, but I tell you there's people that think that's what you have to do. But I'll tell you what, uh, if you're counting on Sunday school to teach your kids biblical principles, they're not going to learn it at Sunday school. They're going to do crafts and arts. They're being babysat while you sit in church. Please don't get offended at me, people that uh, are in children's church. You're very important, but um, a lot of times that's what's going on. So, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, that, okay. <laughs> okay, some people's family cultures, we go to college unless we have a reason not to. But in my family, it's you don't go to college unless you have a reason to go to college. Yeah, I agree. I agree is with your like, view. Is yeah. that a family? Is that a, oops, is that a culture? Is that like a family yes. culture then? Yes, that's a Christian. Uh, my girls were harassed by other Christians for not going to college. And I'll tell you what, they don't have any... Co- Look, if you go to college, I'm not against you, you guys. My wife and I have been to college, but it was a lot cheaper when we went. We didn't come out with $100,000 in debt working at McDonald's. Okay, so my girls <laughs> have no college debt, and they're, they're excelling in their jobs without college because they show up, they do their job, they're responsible, and they've been trained into their jobs with no college debt. Is it wrong that you went to college? Please don't hear me say that. But we've had a lot of blowback for not being part of college. And so I I understand what you're saying is like, you have to have a reason to go to college. You've got to have a plan because it's going to cost you a lot. You've got to be able to pay it off. So it's, I would say it's no longer the the best thing to do. I'd say you better know what you're doing if you're going to go to college. That's where I'm at now. And Tim, in the, being the oldest, has told the other siblings, don't go to college. <laughs> don't go. It's a lot of money. So that's where our family's at. But I will not look at you like you're evil if you go to college. Is that, did you hear my, does that sound fair? So, but you, you, I know what you're saying, Lazare. There are some people that it's almost biblical to go to college. Um, and then, when their children come home after four or five years of college and they don't believe in God anymore, they're like, what, what's going on? Well, yeah, but you sent them to a secular, a secular place that hates God. So. Or they sent them to a... Or a Christian a place Christian that hates place, God. <laughs> and it made them hate God. Yeah, mm, that happens too. Sometimes I think they're worse. Yeah. <laughs> From my experience. Yeah, that is happened. My experience. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, I go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so anyways you be the one who builds your fam- family identity not not your church D- don't forsake the assembling of yourselves you know, go to church but you build your family identity you make sure your children are being fed the word and then anything else that gets done on top of that is, a, is great but um, but just don't count on Sunday school or or um, Odyssey Bible Hour or whatever <laughs> to do the job. You've got to you've you've got to build the family identity. Does that include theology? Yeah. So you're training <coughs> the, you're training theology into your children as well. Mm-hmm. What about if they disagree with you? Like you have. 
I, I, uh, hypothetical here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. We've butted heads, but we always work it out or whatever. I can't even remember. So, um, I th- when I trained you guys, my main thing was I wanted you to get reading the Bible so that you would read it for yourself, so that you would have a relationship with God personally. And then theology comes at the supper table and other stuff. It isn't like I planned it out. Um, but because you're reading the Bible, you're we can talk about theology because you're you have a you have a understanding of it. You know what I mean? And you can have different opinions because honestly, every one of us are as a human, we can't we can't have everything straight on our theology. We're not going to. So we need to be able to go. Well, this is where I'm at. Tell me why you're you're believing this or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a battle. So. Do you have something in mind? No. <laughs> okay. So part of your culture with permission to question. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Lazar. Let, let part of the culture of your family be the ability to question yeah, that's a good, that's, I didn't think of that, but that's good because then your children aren't afraid to talk to you about, because they might have a different idea than you and then you let them think it out, you talk about it and, and maybe they'll agree with you or maybe they won't, but at least you're safe. You're not against them, you know, so. I don't have any more podcast approved questions. <laughs> okay. I can end it here if we, uh, we're good. Good. Okay, cool. I'll end it here. All right. There we go. That's the end. That's the end. Um, Show notes should be in the description below. If you guys haven't looked at that yet, all the fun stuff. Thanks so much for tuning in to all Mm -hmm. the whole series. Hopefully it's been helpful for you guys. Talk a little bit about, I don't know. What do you want to talk about that? Um, I, I, yeah. As I said at the beginning of this, um, I, I really would rather be studying the Bible, but man, raising your kids is a 20 to 30 year kind of a investment. So yeah. So it is important to talk about this stuff. So, and whether you agree with everything or not, um, at least you have something to think through to make better decisions. I mean, even people disagree with some of my, you know, my premises or whatever, at least they've thought about it. So, and that's what helped me because I didn't have anything to go on. So, yeah. Yeah. I know when you said you took this growing kids, God's way course, when we were young three times Mm -hmm. and took it three times and then you didn't agree with it all. Right. But some, even the, yeah, still there's some things probably I don't agree with, but, but it gave me something to agree or disagree with. Or at least a foundation. Yeah. And there's some things I'm like, ah, I don't think. And then later on, like, yeah, that actually was pretty good. So, you know, yeah, at least there's some instruction, which I think people are just trying, trying to figure out what, what to do. So this is helpful. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
before you guys, you know, before we were married, the the uh, organization that we were in was all about discipleship. And that is important, but um, I remember beginning to see missionaries' kids and pastors' kids and pe- and like these people that were uh, very effective in discipling and preaching and doing things in the kingdom or in the church, but their families weren't really always that great. And I just, I remember deciding early on, I'd rather not have a, quote, ministry. I'd rather have a family that, you know, I that's what, I don't know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'd rather disciple my children than disciple a bunch of people at church. I'm not saying church people are not valuable, but what good is it to bring 100,000 people into the kingdom because you're a great preacher out in different countries, but your own children go to hell because they can't stand you or the church because of the way they were raised. I mean, what? get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, there, yeah. yeah. I didn't know where that, I didn't have, I didn't plan to say that, but that just kind of came out, so. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, teenagers too, real quick. Teenagers are awesome. Uh, the teenage rebellion phase is something somebody made up. Re- rebellion is rejection of um, authority. I mean, if it's bad authority, I, I understand rejecting it. But uh, teenagers aren't, they don't have a phase. They just teenagers, if teenagers are rebellious, it's because they they don't like their parents or they don't like God's rules or whatever, you know? So, uh, um, teenage rebellion is not a phase. You've probably done something wrong in your parenting. So try to correct it because kids, kids forgive a lot. I yeah. think, you know, you loved us as teens and mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad experience. No, I think you guys could have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to be yep. parenting for 20 years, 20, 30 years, like you said. Why not have it an enjoyable 20, right. 30 years? Right. Why have a 10-year period where you can't stand your kid because they're 11 to 19 or whatever? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whatever, how many years that comes out to. So, uh, yeah. The, each each phase is pretty cool. Yeah. So, And each week was pretty cool. Cool. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, email me if you want to go home my dad, timminspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes in the thing below. If you see someone that needs this, send them this episode. If this is your first time listening, go back and listen to the first episodes. Right. All under AFBF slash DadCast. Yeah. All right. Adios. Cool. Next time you'll hear DadCast, it'll be about the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Back to the Bible. <laughs> I bet you can't wait. Yeah. Jonesin. Oh, man. I got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> All right. Bye.
than the agenda of the troglodytes. They aim to erase human dominion of the earth and claim it for their own.